Lord, we pray that your hand be upon Lorne uh, as he brings us the message today, uh, that you may bless him and bless us all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Hugh. Thank you, Gordon. Um, I just, uh, before I start, I have a, a little pleasure uh, that I want to share with you. There's a lady in our congregation who's turned 96 this week, um, and I would like to present her with some flowers. Uh, Joy Crawford, where are you? Well, friends, um, one of the most helpful technologies that um, i am got used to using in these recent years is Google Maps. This is especially helpful when traveling in Auckland. Um, you type in your destination, which might be Flat 1, 39 Walford Street, Point Chevalier, um, and a map comes up which locates you and the destination and tells you how long it's going to take to get there and the route. And it even uh, tells you in Auckland when the traffic is slow, if, in case you want to uh, make a detour. And of course, um, you type in the name and then Mrs. Google comes up or Miss Google or whoever it is and says, head south on Princess Street and in 150 metres, turn right. And of course, if you take a wrong turn, um, you are corrected and put onto the right route. Life is a journey, and we need directions. You know, many people in life don't know where they're going, and they trip from one situation to another. And later in life, they can wonder, particularly in their senior years, they can wonder, well, what was all that about? Uh, several people have had theories about life. The Dalai Lama says the purpose of life is just to be happy. Uh, John Lennon said, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. And Jimmy Durante said, be nice to people on the way up because you're sure to meet them on the way down. Uh, Dr. Seuss, that great philosopher, said this, you have brains in your head, you have feet in your shoes, you can steer yourself in any direction you choose. Now, whilst there might be elements of truth in all of those statements and philosophies, the question that the Christian faces is this, how do I find God's will for my life and how do I follow his directions? You know, Jesus said this, he said, small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and few people find it. 
And he was an example for us. The Son of Man was an example for us because he said this. He said, I always do the things that please my Father. Another thing he said in John 12, he said, I have not spoken on my own, but the Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. Now, today, as preachers across our three sites, the preachers have been able to select a passage or a theme that they re- is, means much to them. And I've chosen uh, today the readings around the importance of the Word of God in our lives. Now, there are two words for the Word of God. There is the word logos and the word rhema or rima. Logos is actually the recorded words of the Bible, the black and white words of the Bible, written by 40 people over 1,600 years, and they are an amazing unity. And they're recorded for us. They never change. They are always the same. Although there are different versions, of course, but the sense of it is always the same. And then there is rhema, The second word, rhema, and rhema means when you're reading Logos, you're reading Logos, and suddenly a word hops out at you, or a phrase or a verse hops out at you, and you know that God is speaking to you right there, right now, at that time. It's like Mrs. Google saying, turn right here, kind of thing. And that's why it says in Psalm 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It shows us where we are now and a light unto my path, the direction I should take. You know, we should not be surprised that this happens because the eternal Holy Spirit inspired those men and women to write down the words of the Bible. He didn't dictate them to them. They were inspired by the Spirit to write down God's Word. And so what I want to do today is I want to just share five principles of how the Word of God can impact our lives through what I call the rhema Word of God. And I want to encourage you to keep reading the Bible because God speaks to us personally in multitudes of situations and gives us direction. My hope today is that you'll go away inspired and encouraged. My stories are just my stories, but you will have your stories of how God has spoken to you, and indeed you may have stories in days ahead of how God is speaking to you. I've often found too that uh, when I sense God is speaking to me, I usually submit that to someone else rather than say, this is the word of the Lord and this is what I'm going to do, I usually submit it to someone else for prayer. So there are five CSs, there are five Cs. And the first one is conversion. Reading God's word can actually make a person's life come alive. This is what Peter said. He said, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. 
In another version in the book of Hebrews, it says the word of God is like a sword and it cuts through to where the spirit and the soul meet. It's an apologies if I repeat any stories that you've heard before, but in 1979 I was courting Sue. Uh, we, we weren't even engaged and she was going off overseas um, and I was farewelling her at Auckland Airport and I'd started to go to church with her really as a date. Just sit with her, you know, sit next to her. And she wrote down on a piece of paper Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, and said, when you get back to your dad's house, just find a Bible and read that passage, will you? So I said, okay. I went back home, eventually found a Bible in dad's house. I was very unfamiliar with reading a Bible. Um, It took me a long time to find Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, because I didn't know really what I was looking for. Anyway, (coughs) I turned to it, and I read it. And as I read it, I knew that someone was talking to me. My spirit came alive. And the words were, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And that opened my heart to this book and to hearing God's voice. And I went back to Wanganui where I was teaching at the time and two um, very lovely Christian men um, helped me to open the word of God and to understand it and gave me a real desire to read God's word. But that text has always stayed with me. You know, Billy Graham said this, the best evangelist in the world is the written word of God. The most effective form of evangelism is the distribution of the scriptures. <coughs> and I've been wondering whether a really good project um, for anyone who might be interested is to deliver a Bible to every home in Wangarei. The second thing that the uh, Bible does, the rhema word of God, is to comfort us. Um, The psalmist in Psalm 119 verse 50 says, This is my comfort in my infliction. Your word has given me life. In 1983, I've never ever been very good at starting a new job. I usually panic. I collapse in fear, I'm full of anxiety, you kind of want to do the job well, you kind of want to please people. You, even when I came to St Andrews here, I had about three months where I kind of panicked. But way back in 1983, I'd started this new job and I was, I'd, I'd done it for a few weeks and I was really sweating, sweating bullets. I was nervous hadn't really made any friends, and then because I'd learnt the discipline of reading the scriptures early in the morning, I happened to be reading that morning Isaiah 43. And as I read this, I was so comforted. I was a changed man when I left my quiet room where I was having my time of prayer. And so uh, Isaiah 43 says this, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through waters, I will be with you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burnt, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. Fear not, for I am with you. And when I left the house that day, I felt 
the presence of God because he'd spoken to me personally. He knew exactly what was going on. And the funny thing is, I reflected on those verses because there have been two incidents in our lives since. Once when I got stuck under a rock, um, canoeing down a river, and the canoe turned over and I got stuck under this rock, and I thought that was it. And something happened. I don't know whether it was a flood of water, but I got pushed up. The waters will not overflow you. On another occasion in Wanganui, um, we were um, living in this uh, rental, um, and at about 3 a.m. in the morning, the fire brigade came and knocked on our door, and I stumbled out my pajamas, and the guy said, is there anybody in the house? And I said, yep, my wife and my three kids. They said, get out, your house is on fire. The fire will not burn you. It will not overwhelm you. You'll not be singed. And I'm so grateful for that word, and I go back to that, and I thank the Lord um, for that. The third one is sometimes uh, the Lord commissions us specifically. Now, we all have a commission. You know, Jesus said to the disciples, didn't he? He said, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them everything I've taught you. Another commission we all know is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And we all know those general um, commissions. They're for us. They're from God's word. But sometimes the Lord speaks to us very personally about the nature of one's commission. And I had that experience in 1994. Um, I had um, left my job. I was a sickness beneficiary, um, and I was, uh, I'd gone off to a healing center, and I cried out to the Lord one day, and I said, Lord, please help me. Please help me. And the next morning, I was um, down in their library. It was a Christian healing center, and I saw this book, and I pulled it out, and I opened it up, and there was a verse at the bottom of the page, and it said this, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, seeking the innermost part of his being. And immediately, like, scales fell off my eyes, and I knew for the first time in my life, I actually had a spirit that God wanted to inhabit fully. And that put me on the search to seek out the Holy Spirit. And about three weeks later, I was sitting up in bed with Sue, and we were reading Psalm 9 together. And as we read Psalm 9, the Holy Spirit came on me with such power that I will never forget that moment. It was the most life-transforming moment in my life. And the words I am reading were this, O thou that liftest me up from the gates of death, that I might declare your praises on the gates of the daughters of Zion, and there rejoice in your salvation. It was a call. I, I'd, I'd contemplated taking my life. That's how bad the situation was. And I called out to God because I had a wife and three children. Help me, Lord. And in that time, in that desert time, it was about four months of desert time, the Lord started to speak to me and empower me. And the result of it was that I came out of that time and I moved away from school teaching into um, pastoral ministry. And that, whenever I doubt myself now, I always write that text at the top of the page. O thou that liftest me up from the gates of death, that I might declare your praises in the gates of the daughters of Zion. And and, and that's a calling, a specific calling for me. 
God may give you a specific calling, and you need to know it, because when you know it and you write it down, all fear goes away, because you know the one who's commissioned you. The, third, the fourth one is correction. Now, I'm not like Hugh Drummond, who's perfect. Um, there are times when our behaviour needs correction. And other times when we think we know what is right, but God actually has other plans. You know, the scripture says this, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching the truth, rebuking error, correcting faults, and giving instruction for right living. There have been many examples in my life um, of correction. Um, In my marriage, um, in in my behaviour towards people and things like that. But the most recent one, I'm not sure if I've shared it with you, but when our three churches were looking at merging together, I was dead against it. Because I thought it would be a complete drain on mission. Because we'd all our resources would be put into maintaining three churches. Okay, so my, I was against it. And I remember going to two or three meetings and I kind of zipped up. Anyway, in two, December 2018, I was reading my daily, doing my daily reading, and the Lord spoke to me as clear as a bell. He basically said, stop it, Lorne. This is not your idea, this is my idea. And these are the words I was reading, Galatians number six, uh, chapter 6. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap a reward if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Especially to your brothers and sisters. Do what's best for them. And don't lose heart. You will reap a reward in due season. And my attitude was totally changed because God had spoken directly to me about a situation that I was batting the wrong ball. I thought I was batting the right ball. You know how you do sometimes? You think, you know, this is right and everybody else is wrong. (laughs) So... We need the word of God to correct us. I need the word of God to correct me. And the final one is courage. Sometimes we simply need courage to overcome something that seems difficult or impossible. Um, And I don't know if any of you remember when Fiji used to play rugby many years ago and they had Philippians 4.13 written on their rugby jerseys. I don't know if you remember that. They had the Fijian flag and they had Philippians 4.13. So I remember looking it up once and thinking about that verse. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. And I thought, well, the Fijians are pretty strong. You know, they're pretty humble to say that. Anyway... We started to learn that verse as a family. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. So maybe at the table time, I can't remember when we discussed it as a family. Anyway, a a couple of years later, um, my youngest daughter, Claire, would have been about six, I think, at the time. And we were in Taupo visiting Sue's mum and dad. 
and we decided we were going to climb to the top of Mount Tahara. And I offered the kids a little prize if they could all get to the top. I won't tell you what it was. Anyway, we were halfway up and Claire came to me and she said, Dad, I, I can't go any further. I'm so tired. So I said to Claire, I sort of paused and I said, should we have a prayer? So she said, okay, Dad. So immediately that little verse came to my mind. I said, Claire, do you remember that God said, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me? And she said, yeah, I'd remember that. So I said, what do you think? Oh, I can get to the top of this hill. And we prayed a prayer just using those words, Lord, you're my strength. I can do all things. I can climb to the top of Mount Tahara because you're my strength. We finished the prayer and off she went. She got up to the top first. Now, for her, that was a word in season. It was a rhema word from God. In fact, I texted her this morning. She's expecting um, our first grandson in November. And I said, Claire, do you remember Mount Tahara and Philippians 4.13? And she said, how could I ever forget that? But that was a rhema word of God for her. And I think the word of God actually gives us courage and strength to do things that we probably wouldn't do. So the Bible has the power to change our lives. God in his mercy, it's a love letter actually. Some, I think some people feel intimidated by this book. But if you read a little bit every day and you journal, journaling means write down some of your thoughts, write down some of your prayers. If a verse is important, write it down, meditate on it. Spend that time with God. And you'd be amazed because actually the Bible's a love letter. If you think of the Bible as a love letter, it makes a huge difference because you know God wants to speak to us. It has the power to convert. It has the power to comfort. It has the power to commission. It has the power to correct and it has the power to give us courage. And it's it's because it comes from the heart of God. And we're his kids. I don't know... Have you had encouragement from your earthly father, your earthly mother, an uncle, an aunt, a grandparent? Well, God is so much more encouraging than even that. And I want to close with a beautiful story um, to lead us into communion uh, today. Last Sunday evening, Sue and I were watching um, a recorded Songs of Praise, um, which is on Shine TV, um, each Sunday night, and it was recorded because I think they had a shine-a-thon last week. The theme was on the impact of the Bible on people's lives. It was from Scotland. And we heard this incredible testimony of a man called Gary Brotherton. In 1994, Gary was 19 years of age. There he is on your left. He was convicted of murdering Billy Barclay in a street ball in Glasgow. He was found guilty and he was sentenced to life imprisonment. Whilst he was in prison, he attended the prison fellowship meetings. He was seeking something better in his life. He was given a Bible. He started to read it. It changed his life. 
a volunteer prison chaplain, a volunteer, not a paid prison chaplain, came in once a week and helped him to learn Greek so he could read the New Testament in the original language. And he learned Greek while he was in prison so he could study the Bible. When he left prison, he trained and he was accepted as a minister in the Free Church of Scotland. And this is what he says of himself. I'm a sinner. I'm one of the worst sinners. I've taken somebody's life and if God offers somebody like me forgiveness, that is amazing. I wish I could do anything to bring that guy's life back again. I know I need God's forgiveness because I sometimes don't even forgive myself. Now, although the wife um, of the man who was killed in that street ball and many members of the public in that particular area uh, were shocked that this guy could become a minister, the Free Church of Scotland defended their choice and this is what they said about Gary. Gary is a totally changed man. He is living proof of how the word of God, the gospel of Jesus, can transform someone into a new person. My friends, I want to encourage you to don't give up reading the Bible. Read it as a love letter. God will speak to you as he probably already has spoken to many of you in different ways. But I want to encourage you, encourage you, encourage you. And what we're going to do now is Gary Brotherton wrote some songs. He learnt the guitar. And the Bible Society in 2009 decided to sponsor his first album. And what we're going to, I want to do now is I want to play this song that he composed... It's about communion. And while we listen to this song, I want you just to come before the Lord and give him thanks in your own heart that he speaks to us today. And while we're listening to the song, if the people serving communion with me would like to come on up, that would be terrific. Thank you. Amen. <laughs>